0: Off the ball. He's an absolute rascal. He sits there with a hand grenade and every time there's
1: a lull in the conversation, he just gets (laughs) one out and loves it in.
0: Subscribe now to the OTB
2: Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
1: Gaelic Football on
3: Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors
1: of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest
3: for more.
2: And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is the Saturday panel on Gaelic football. So we detailed at the beginning of the show that Rory Gallagher has stepped back as Derry senior football manager. We've reported we will continue to report on any new developments to this story which has got legal and personal aspects to it. But right now, for the purpose of this conversation, over the next hour, we're going to concentrate on the game of Gaelic football. So let's go through the fixtures this weekend. In the Talton Cup, round one today. Kevin Leash at Refni Park from 4.0. Dan Waterford in Newry from six, also at six. Limerick Longford at the Gaelic Grounds. And then Meath Tipperary at half, six and eleven. Then we have the Provincial Finals. Leinster tomorrow. The senior decider between Dublin and Loud throws in ...at Croke Park at one forty-five, ...and then Armad Derry... ...in the Ulster final in Clonus from 4 o'clock... ...so looking ahead over the next while... ...as we also go through the Talton Cup fixtures tomorrow... ...we got Fermanagh-Wexford 1 o'clock at Brewster Park... ...Antrim-Lietrim 1 o'clock, Carrigan Park in Belfast... Offaly london 2 o'clock in Tullamore... ...and Wicklow versus Carlo at 4 o'clock in Ockram... ...so... We will look ahead with the former All-Ireland winning defender with Donegal, Eamon McGee, ex-Louth player Paddy Keenan and the ex-Dublin boss Pillar Caffrey. Eamon McGee, well, we'll start with you. We're streaming the conversation as well, folks You can listen on News Talk across the country. Also watch us on the Off The Ball digital and social channels, if you wish, on Twitter, YouTube and on Facebook. So Eamon, uh, I suppose there's a lot of discussion around the provincial championships being defunct and uh, maybe for the dustbin. But when you're looking at Derry Armagh tomorrow, a sellout out crowd, Derry looking for back-to-back titles, first time since the 70s. Armagh, not alone, have they not won one in 15 years? They haven't been in the final in 15 years, so it'll be a big day in Clonus.
3: Massive, massive day in Clonus, and it's, it's again, Ulster is flying the flag in terms of it's probably kept the provincials alive for, for, for this last decade because there's been talk about provincials on the way out for, for a long time, and, and, and I think, in fairness, the, the GA have got the balance right in terms of there's a piece for everybody now in terms of your ability level. If you think you're above the Talton Cup, uh, you go for your provincial. And, you know, if you think you're in All-Ireland, you, you can concentrate in the All-Ireland series. But the ultra-final, ma- ma- massive day, the, and there'll be a great buzz about, about Clonus now is fond, fond memories, and not so fond memories as as, as well. So um, it's a, it's, all, it's always a great occasion.
2: I've never been to Clonus for the ultra-final, Eamon. You've won three of them. Um, what is it like? Because when... Donegal made the breakthrough in 2011, I believe. It was, what, 19 years? Yeah, I,
3: th- I think, yeah, ni- ni- 92, 92 was the last time we'd won it, and then we, we, we won it in tw- 2011, so uh, it, it was a big break, but there was Ulster Finals before that, and, you know, there was a few Ulster Finals in Croke Park, uh, Donegal and Armagh were part of that, and yeah we loved Bro Park but it was always Clonus was was hard to beat you know um my first memory of the Ulster final was young fellow going up you know I think it was 2000 and I'm not sure what it was there early noughties anyway for for an Ulster final and as, as a player and just coming up the hell in the bus and just the crowds the crowds throng the bus and there was just a great great buzz about it and it says this this is where this is where I want to be.
2: Do you feel the crowd in on you on the pitch of St. Erriach's Park, are they close by? Is a good proximity, as it were?
3: Yeah, it's 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 not something that that, that I, w- I would have paid too much heat to now. Yeah. But obviously, if they have the co park there, I wouldn't say there's a disconnect there now. But they they're, they seem to be closer, and you know, in terms of where you do the warm up, um, you know, you have to you have to go through the crowd to do your warm up. That's that's the way it would have been in, in our time. Um, come back then and you're, you're mingling and you're seeing faces and, and it's it's just a bit more personal if, if, if you get me and it's uh, the stadium that could be doing a bit of improvement in terms of the stadium in Clonus now but the, the actual occasion is, is brilliant.
2: Was there a, a key stand-up memory from any of those Ulster final wins for you?
3: Obviously the 20, 2011 one was was a big one and the fact that we'd finally got over over the line and you know, we, we started to realize that this McGuinness man might be onto something. And we, might, <laughs> uh, we, we might have to start paying a wee bit more attention to him. Um, and it validated a lot of, of what he was saying and, you know, was a reward. So th- th- that was a big one, but th- a lot of positive memories and a lot, a lot of not so good ones. I think in 2013, um I got one of the wildest roastings in my career. Noster also finally, you know, I bought a pair of white boots and, um, for the Ulster final, I was in all-star form, and it was just a matter of getting the Ulster final, tick the box, and you know, continue on my way to to my all-star and, and to you know the All Ireland series. And Kieran Hughes from Monaghan just kind of put paid to that all-star stream and gave me the wildest uh, runabouts. So it's uh, the Ulster final and the Cloness and the atmosphere it smells weakness. So it's not it's not for the not for the faint-hearted now.
2: So white boots. Are you like the Liverpool nineteen ninety six FA Cup? Uh, is it kind of that kind of vibe? About
3: it? As soon as that game was over, I think on the on the Monday or the Tuesday, I, I I got rid of the white boots. I got rid of the white boots. So, um, it was just a moment of hubris or or whatever that word is now. Uh, I just thought, Nah, we'll not do the white boots again.
2: So when you were getting your roasting from Kieran, was he was he saying it in your ear? Look at you in your white boots.
3: No, I didn't. See there was plenty being said between between the two of us and I got quieter as the game went on, but uh, <laughs> the the white boots the white boots weren't referenced referenced too much. I think his brother Darren t- took a took a wee look at me and says, What what are you doing with them? You're you're, you're not a white boot man.
2: <laughs> Paddy and Pillar, how we doing Paddy, can you hear us there, Paddy Keenan? How are we there? All y- right, y- Yeah, how we doing and Pillar, Pillar Carfey, can you hear us there? Yeah, I can hear you, John. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you, um, Paddy. What's it been like in Loud this week? Uh, you know, you were captain in 2010. It was a very painful day for Loud. It was in your grasp, and then it was a, a goal that should never have stood, and it, it got me the title. But I suppose 13 years on, Mickey Hart in charge. What's the is the, what's the buzz been like this week up there? Great buzz about the
1: place. Um, Yeah, it's not too often you see the red and white flags all around the towns and clubs and all the rest. Um, You know, we're not necessarily used to being in this sort of position. So, um, great, great buzz, I have to say. Now, the, the, we, the county board had an event there on um, Wednesday evening in, in Blackstone Waters, one of the sponsors, and um, I attended it. And, um, yeah, just a great, great turnout, great buzz. You know, you're seeing people, you know, really getting behind the team this year, and it's just building and building. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of luck. You're going up and a lot of hope. There's probably a little bit of fear there, the team that you're playing, but um, I think, you know, there's a sneaky suspicion with a lot of fans that look, you can possibly pull something off here if things go right on on the day. But, um, look, just great great to be at this level and playing at this, um, you know, playing one of the greatest teams and some of the greatest players um, in the last 10, 20 years of all time, um, some of those players. And, yeah, just, just, just great little buzz about the place, yeah.
2: Lads could do with a win, couldn't they, in a final like this too, Maybe banish 2010.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It might uh, might stop people talking about 2010 to a, to a to a point. To be honest with you, so uh, yeah, look, it'll be it would be great. It'll give a great boost. Um, you know, 2010, we had we got a bit of a run, and you know, getting to Lens the final and everything else, and just the way, obviously, that way that game went, things kind of it kind of collapsed for out for for years after that. We 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 had a few lads, obviously, left the panel. Went abroad, a lot of fans kinda of left the, the the county scene and stopped following the the, the the county team for the next ten years. They were that second with it. And um we really lost away for, you know, a good ten years um after that. And it's only now it's really kinda of coming back and you know, you're getting a lot of fans back, you're getting good crowds, to be to be a huge crowd there tomorrow. So um it'd be great to banish those memories and hopefully focus on the twenty twenty three team as opposed to twenty ten team.
2: I suppose we do need to ask you about it as well, though, Paddy, given you're here and you were captain on the day. It was the day of the World Cup final. I remember it was Spain and the Netherlands. It was that day in uh, July of uh, 2010. And I remember the next day, the World Cup final wasn't even the top story on the bulletins. It was it was loud than me. They were ahead by a point going into the last minute of injury time and then me threw the ball over the line and it was awarded. And obviously the scenes afterwards were disgraceful as well. Like the, We can't condone what happened to Martin Sludden, but uh, from a from a... From a sporting point of view it was a travesty uh, where, where was your head after that on the day in the weeks in the years after that it must have been a very tough time for you even
1: um to be honest with you once the, maybe the season was over i kind of parked it to be honest with you and um you know you, you, unfortunately you'll never be let forget about it and you know yeah you, you, you go down the country you go abroad anywhere nearly you go people want to <laughs> ask you better talk about it or whatever so yeah unfortunately you never get a chance to ultimately forget about it. But look, I, I personally I don't dwell on it. I think most of the lads that, you know, I'd still be in, in touch with, they're the same as well. Look, life moves on and you can't just sit dwelling on that for the rest of your days. But um I suppose a few weeks after it was probably quite difficult. Um you know there was cameras all around the place. I remember going to a county board meeting um, you know, to see what we were going to do, whether we were going to appeal and all that sort of thing. And it was a massive distraction. I remember going to the meeting the Fairways Hotel maybe the Tuesday after the game and RTE cameras and everything else outside the hotel waiting for people to come in and out and get a, get a bit of a snippet of a story um, and it, it, just as time went on it didn't seem like the GEA or Leinster Council or whatever were really going to make a stand on it and I suppose us as players we were, were drawn against Dublin then in the, whatever, the the next round and I suppose the decision was then made just listen, we have to we have to focus on the next game we can't just dwell on it and it was a massive distraction coming up to that Dublin game we didn't necessarily play well and I think we... we, we be seven rare points or whatever it was in the end but it was a huge distraction for the weeks after that and yeah I took I definitely took the eye off the ball but maybe in hindsight we should have been a bit stronger being honest um I don't know what stronger would be whether it was not feeding the team or really protesting the the, the, the decision or whatever it was but definitely in hindsight I think um maybe as a team as a captain as county board, as whatever, um, that we didn't really push back um, hard enough against against the GEA, in, in my own opinion, looking back now. And you've got a day job to
2: do and everything, I'm sure, Paddy. Your head must be melted.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I only thought of it during the week. I remember it during the week, you know, there was letters coming to the house, there was phone calls coming to the house. And I, I vaguely remember now at this stage, I'd forgotten about it for years. There was one guy at over in Cavan or Monaghan or something like that, constantly sending letters in, ringing the house. I was living at home with my parents at the time and, you know, I'd be ringing the house talking to my father, he wanted to get talking to myself and just wouldn't let it go and trying to push us to go legal and all this sort of crack on it. So it was just bizarre some of the stuff that that was kind of happening and as you said, there were day jobs to go back to, there was games to be played, there was club championships and all the rest um, to continue on for the rest of the season. But all anybody wanted to to focus on and talk on was to, to, to the the Leinster final. And as players, <laughs> we just want to move on and get on, get on with it.
2: This is the mad thing about the GA because everybody feels they're invested in it and own part of it. Pillar Caffrey, have you ever, ever had anybody ring in the house looking for you?
0: Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> and and uh, lots of letters through the years as well advised me what I wasn't doing right and needed to improve on. So, yeah, you always get the fanatic that's uh, is willing to pen the paper. And it, it's funny just listening to Paddy, and the, 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 the scene afterwards, I was on duty as a guard inside the stadium that day and uh, even the implications of... of like, the, you know, the, the result and, and, and the effect of what happened that day after the match. And uh, they created a new position in terms of match day positions for, for, for the guardy and duty. And um, for the following year, uh, when, whenever I was on duty, I got the job of minding the referee. So you have to be down pitch side. So as soon as the final whistle went, uh, trying to stay out of the camera light. But you, you were certainly, your role was to make sure the referee got off the pitch uh, safely. So uh, it, it, it even had ramifications in, in relation to how matches were policed from then on. Uh, but look, I, I think for people who were in the stadium that day, and it was just complete shock uh, because everybody felt, look, hang on, this is going to be reversed, something is going to happen. And then, you know, as it went on and the incident after the game, it, it, it even brought more shock to the occasion. And then as a GA person, you know, and replays have been given and granted and all that You felt just in the days afterwards that yeah, look, no, there's no way this is going to stand. You know, it was just it was outrageous that uh, it it wouldn't be rectified in some shape or form and allowed to get a replay out of it or whatever. But uh, as as Paddy said, you know, the days turned into a week and then a fortnight, and then you realise actually, you know, nothing is going to happen here, and it just suck it up and get on with it. And uh, but it it was certainly one of the most bizarre uh, games I I ever attended in, in terms of an outcome because. It wasn't even if you, people missed it, like you know. And then with phones and all that, like people in, that were in the stadium that weren't really, because I don't think they showed replays within the stadium. If memory serves me right, I think they cut the replays within the stadium. But people on their phones were getting messages, no, hey, look, this was this was a try, this wasn't a goal. So it was a, uh, th- th- there was quite bizarre uh, aftermath on the day, and then in the, in, in the days and weeks afterwards.
2: So, were you uh, then minding the man in the middle for the Dublin Kerry game the next year, Pillar, were you?
0: And I, I was gone as manager, that was
2: 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but because you, know, you were guard, as you said, you were guard. So, 2011, were you minding the man in the middle for the Dublin Kerry final? Uh,
0: so, yeah, only, 2011, the All Ireland, uh, uh, Joe McQuillan was the referee, I think, in the final. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Stephen Cluxton got the, the famous kick or whatever, and I, I was down on on one knee, bended knee on the side of the pitch, just uh, right behind Clucko uh, when he when he took that kick. And as the fellow said, I'd be fisting the air a lot quicker than a lot of people because I could see the trajectory of the ball, and uh, it was my job then to get in and mind the referee. But it, 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 there was nobody gunning from that day. So, uh, but it just it created a new. I suppose, awareness in terms of, you know, that referees could be assaulted if people got onto the pitch and um, there was enough anger in, in, in the crowd or whatever. And, and also, you know, the replays within the stadium, I, I think around that time they made the decision, yeah, look, at something very contentious. We're not going to show it over and over within the stadium to ignite the crowd. So it, there is a censorship uh, that goes on within the stadium as well. So uh, a lot of little side issues that arose out of it. Uh, the despite the fact that every GA person in the country, um, maybe bar me, people felt that looked loud or lo- lo- wrong that day, and and, and and seriously wronged.
2: Yeah, you know when you get these letters, pillar, are they in, like, anonymous? Are they? Was there any hate mail? Because this it's, is um,
0: a so, some some of them were just directed to the county boards, and John Coslow would maybe hand me the following Tuesday or Thursday after the defeat uh, a, a few letters and. It's uh, he'd say, uh, don't read them before you go to bed. He says, uh, look, they're, they're addressed to the manager. Uh, and they would they would have been anonymous. You know, and quite vile, uh, some of them too. You know what I mean? But that's just the nature of the beast. There, 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 was, there was a guy from, uh, he was actually an ex-guard who wrote to me regularly. He's now deceased. But uh, I used to look forward to getting his letters because he would sign them and he would have brilliant stuff in them. And uh, he, he was obviously an astute. Uh, student of the game and, and, and he would go into great detail, watch the match over again and point out errors that, that we had in our plays and uh, it, it was actually, I, I'd look forward to getting his correspondence and uh, he, he he was a guard in the Bridewell, uh, John Kelly was his name and I, I used to actually look forward to getting his correspondence because it might be a six page document that he had put together and he'd have, uh, highlighted stuff and drawn diagrams and pages and Underlines certain minutes in the game to rewatch. <laughs> it was uh, he, he, he was like having a, a stats man in, in, in the backroom team. He, he was that detailed, and that vested in, in the whole uh, improvement that, that he could see was needed for Dublin to get where they needed to get to. But um, so no, yeah, look, I, I'm sure up and down the, the country, you know, it, it just goes with the role uh, that there is some fanatics out there, and some people feel. They, they have the right which they yeah. have. They, you know, write right to you personally at your family home or whatever. They, they can certainly just address a letter into the county board, or, or, or and get to you eventually.
2: And I'm a McGee. I'm big on Twitter as you, ours are you. Twitter's now where all this happens, isn't it? Oh
3: yeah, yeah. Not sure if Peller uh, would get many of the DMs there if he was on Twitter. Um, but this, this is, but no, in fairness, there there has been a few. It has been a few letters. haven't uh, got it in a while now, but there has there's been a few and again anonymous. You wouldn't mind if someone had put the, put their, their name to a letter, letter. Um, but the, the anonymous stuff they just don't really
2: pay much pay much heat to. Yeah there's a character to that isn't there, uh Eamon. So Mickey Hart, Paddy what's been the secret of getting Louth like first of all up to division two and now into the Slenster final?
1: I don't think there, there there's no magic sauce, I don't think, with the with the two lads, but um Mickey and obviously Gavin Devlin as well. Um they're just exceptional, man. Um, like, I mean, we were talking at, at the gig we were at on, on Wednesday evening, um, talking to a couple of ex-Loud players, Derek Riley and, and lads that would have been around the team in, in in my days. And, you know, even from after I left or before I played with Loud, you always had murmurs or player giving out or, you know, things went well in the camp and maybe players coming and going and leaving panels and all the rest. Like, since Mickey and Gavin have come in, I haven't heard genuinely haven't heard one bad thing, you know, coming out of the camp or from anyone involved in the county board or anyone that would know the, the goings on inside the camp. Um, there's just been such positivity around the place, and um, I know from speaking to some of the players that you know the coaching that they're getting from Gavin is is absolutely second and none. They hold him in the highest regard, and look. Then obviously if you, you have Mickey Hart there, not you know nothing more needs to be said um, about him. And uh, you know they're bringing something. They're bringing a. Work rate and you know the condition and all that sort of thing, but I think a lot of it is around the belief and um, you know grinding it out. You know they, they've played a league this year where they probably lost two of their most well-known players in Sam Roy and and Karen Byrne and a few lads that have went travelling over the last kind of couple of years. So it's not exactly like the, he's been even playing with the full hand. And there's players that have just developed something unbelievable over the last two three years. Um, so it's just. Obviously, whatever they're doing on, on, on the field and the coaching and the communication and, you know, the psych, psych, uh, psychological side of things is it just must be phenomenal because three, four years ago, you know, we have to, uh, you know, inside the county, while things are going well and there's a buzz, you have to remember where we were three, four, five years ago. You know, we not that we are laughing stock, but you're at the close to the bottom rung of the ladder. So where we're at today regardless of what the result is on Sunday, where we're at today is a huge bit of progress from where we were, you know.
2: Absolutely. And Pillar, you know yourself from the noughties when Dublin faced Tyrone and Mickey Harkin broke some hearts, broke your heart a couple of times.
0: Yeah, look, you know, you have to take your hat off to Mickey and then Gav Devlin They're exceptional GA people and... And, uh, you know, like Mickey did 18 seasons with the the Throne seniors and like, you know, he'd he, he done the minors and 21s before that. And it's just, it, it, it was a big shock you now, I have to say. And a great, great kudos to, to, to the load for going and approaching Mickey and see would he be interested. Um, I, I think he still had a grow that he wanted to hang on for a season or two with Tyrone, He still felt it was... Uh, unfinished business there but look when, when they decided to cut links with him uh, you know he, he just felt yeah look I'm ready and open for another challenge and uh, little did anybody think at that stage because like Paddy's right you know Loud were in Division 4 and you know they were, they were looked on as an easy touch in lenser, whoever got them in the first round uh, and, and that was just it and that that was the the cycle and the history of, of Loud football at that, that period and then um, uh, what, what he's done in, in the three seasons is just absolutely phenomenal and, and so much so that look when you looked at the draw this year you know it, it wasn't a huge shock that Lea would have come through um, you know you would have feeling that, that their, their, their league campaign was very very positive like to get it to the last day of the season uh, you know to, to play Dublin in a, more or less a playoff game the winner was getting promoted and put in a very credible performance it just shows how, how far they've actually come uh, that that you know the demons are coming into Crow park and, and taking hiding uh it' it's probably gone from this group uh and the way M- mickey has them set up uh you know they're hearty to play against uh, and plus uh you know they, they have that edge about them up front that they're, they're, they're gonna go at you. and like the national league game they created three or four great goal chances uh against dublin that day and uh, you know, even looking at the Dublin team that's announced, uh, you know, that full-back line, you'd be a little bit worried about them uh, in relation to uh, when, when they ran run at hard. Uh, and, you know, so while the bookies' odds are, seem crazy tomorrow, I, like, Loud aren't without hope coming in here tomorrow. They, they, they're not... Sort of one season wonders. Uh, they've backed up a lot, a lot of good performances. Uh, they've matured a lot as a group, and they believe in this, in in what they're doing, and the style of football they're playing. They're very comfortable with it, um, and and I think you know they'll give Dublin a right crack at this. On, uh, tomorrow,
2: uh, it's Kildare five points, Sligo two in the Under Twenty uh, football final in Brefty Park, the argood sponsored final. Great to see Kildare and Sligo in that final. One all between Leeds and Newcastle in the Premier League. Eamon McGee, how do you? Uh, from somebody on the outside assess uh Dublin and Loud tomorrow.
3: Uh sorry to say that for Paddy anyway, that uh, I just see Dublin being comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I'd say minimum six 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 points. But in 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 terms of what, what Mickey Hart and what Horst Evelyn have done with Loud, it's 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 a lot it's a lot of good work. And should you know they spring spring a surprise, it'll it'll surpass anything Mickey's Mickey's done and with even one in the All-Irelands with Tyrone um, as it says, a lot of what I'm hearing from what, what they're doing has been very good work coaching wise from Horst Evelyn just from a presence perspective with, with Mickey and obviously he has good players to, to work with too uh, and, and I think when we when we look at Dublin and the way Leinster's gone, this is from an outside perspective now Um, I, I thought there was just a Soon as the sight of the Dublin jerseys that they were just laying down, and you know it's just a matter of Dublin turning up and accepting accepting their their fit. And I thought there was a lot of that in the last decade. And he, even so, that and I thought we'd see Kildare and maybe Meath push push back, but it didn't it didn't come through. So hopefully, loud now in terms of throw away that victim mentality and uh, start to because Dublin are not that they're on the wane, but they're not the force that they were. So there's an opportunity now for for some team in Leinster to to step up, and no better man than and no better men than Mickey Hart and Devlin to to push push Loud on.
2: Pillar, uh, what's the story with Dublin? Then they crushed Leash, and then they were sluggish the last day against Kildare. Why the inconsistency?
3: Yeah,
0: look, um, uh, I think that could be bad news for Louth going into tomorrow because had they got another big victory over Kildare. Um, there might have been a little bit of complacency amongst the group in terms of the things were going well. That you know, they, they, they'd beaten Derry in a, in a division two league final, and then you would have sustained right two back to back big victories. But yeah, uh, there, there, there was worrying uh, aspects to the Gildare performance, and yet you know, the last 15 minutes they were a much the better team, uh, so they've seen it through. But I would think that look, they, they've got a warning shot. Uh, across the bow now, and I think uh, you know training levels would have gone up a notch. Uh, they would know how good Loud uh, are capable of being. Uh, having played Loud in Crow Park in the National League already, they will know the the threat that Loud bring, uh, and they know that Loud aren't coming uh, as Eamon says, just just to to, to, to lie down and make up the numbers. Uh, you know, Loud are going to give this a serious crack, and plus, look, the X factor of having Mickey, who, who, you know, has undermined Dublin expectations in previous years, albeit with, with a, a very good Toronto team. But, uh, he, he, you know, so th- th- there might be a little bit of vulnerability there. Um, I just don't think Desi has got his full... Uh, I think he's still trying to extend the panel in that, you know, uh, the, the, like there's still seven games to play if you are going to win the All-Ireland, which is a hell of a lot. Uh, so I think Desi like is still trying to, you know, not blood players, but certainly give them game time in Crow Park and expose them a little bit. Uh, you know, like even in relation to if you were saying Dublin's best fifteen to take on somebody tomorrow. All Merchant is obviously carrying an injury, so he's not the twenty six. Mick Simons, who you would expect to be in the starting team as well. Uh, has been doing exams, so he hasn't broken back into the 26 yet as well. So there's two guys out of the fence that um, will certainly be a miss tomorrow. Uh, and, and look, there's there's other young guys uh, that, that, are, that are getting more game time and getting more exposure. Uh, but look, it, it, that might be just a little chink that that you know Leo can go at tomorrow. Uh, Jack Mack is named as sub. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting tomorrow. With a change or two before before the the ball is thrown in, uh, but I wouldn't think that Dublin just have filmed. Uh, and I don't think Desi, you know, it's it's not about a starting fifteen anymore. It's about probably getting his best twenty players. And and you know Brian Howard hasn't featured much. Niall Scully seems to have fallen down the pecking order. So there is subtle changes going on. Uh, you know, Bascal is getting yeah. the starting row now this season. So. Um, I, I think there's still a bit of tinkering going on with with the team in terms of teasing it out and seeing what combinations can work well and what, what can give them. Because when they've lost their last two semifinals, I, I think maybe what came off the bench uh, weakened the team as, as opposed to Jordan Jim Gavin's era where the team was being strengthened every time they made a, a, a late substitution or, or brought in the, 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 the so-called subs where I think that would be one aspect that Desi would be really trying to improve on that, yeah, he needs more impact from the bench, uh, you know, in, in the games, and I think that's still where Dublin is. actually trying to tease out with that who actually are the best twenty players that they have in the panel.
2: We're speaking here to uh, the former Dublin manager Paddy Caffrey, the ex All Ireland winner with uh, Donegal Gall, Amy McGee, and the former Louth captain. Paddy Keenan about uh, the Provincial Finals and the Tolton Cup. And GA Goal, we'll talk about that after two. It's kind of been a hot topic this week. So we're back after the news with that. So just to give you a rundown on what's going on elsewhere, we have the Ergrid Under-20 football final at the moment is going on between Kildare and Sligo over at Breffney Park. Kind of a prelude to the uh, Tolton Cup game between Cavan and Leash, But this is a national final. It's a massive game in Kildare. Eight points, Sligo three at the moment, 23 minutes into the opening half in terms of the football, Leeds need to win against Newcastle. It's 1-1 in that game at Elland Road. So Leeds open the scoring through Luke Allen and then Newcastle uh, equalising through a Callum-Wilson penalty. Three o'clock matches, Aston Villa against Spurs, uh, Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace against Bournemouth. Uh, we also have Manchester United, the key game against Wolves, at three o'clock, and Southampton against Fulham, also at three in the Championship Playoffs. Sunderland play Luton at half past five. In terms of what's going on in the show today, Rony O'Sullivan interview at half two. We've got the women's FAI celebration of 50 years uh, since the first international. That's coming up in interviews at about 2.45, then Football Saturday, Mark Lawrenson joining John McDonald and uh, Johnny War between 3 and 5 they're checking a possible penalty handball at uh, Ellen Road and we'll wait and see so that is against Leeds or are Newcastle going to get their second penalty of the game. We'll come back to you with an update on that and also the second part of the Saturday panel on the Gaelic football situation and the provinces tomorrow with Pillar Caffrey, Amy McGee and Paddy Keenan. Do you have a view, folks, on this G.A. Goal controversy? Is it overblown? Do you get the outrage and the anger there is about certain games being behind a paywall or do we just need to realise that this is the time we can't show every game and we have to go forward and the GA needs to make revenue to put back into the association. Love to hear your thoughts on that. 53106. We are back after the news. And you're very welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with the 3 to 5. We're talking Gaelic football at the moment between now and about half two with uh, Eamon McGee, the former All-Ireland winner with Donegal, ex Laz player Paddy Keenan and the former Dublin boss Peter Caffrey. You want to get your views on the GA Go controversy, listeners out there, 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can also tweet us out Off the Ball. Remember, folks, Waterford Clare, region in the Munster Hurling Championship, Brian Robin and Thurlis at 6 o'clock this evening. We're kind of wrapping up the dublin Laz chat ahead of the Leinster final tomorrow. Paddy Keenan, what gives you hope tomorrow? What gives you hope you can do this and upset the Dubs
1: well I suppose it's probably the way the nature um loud have been winning games this year, which is very thankfully very unloud like. Um, you know, even in the league, they've come back from the dead, they've snatched, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat, which is not necessarily a trait that we would have had over the last ten or fifteen or fifty years. Um, you know, the Cork Mead Calair games, they really had to grind, um, grind it out in the last few minutes. Um, Westmead eight points there and a half time came back and won by a point. Awfully came back a couple of times in the semi final. Um, so they've, they've they've had a few scares. They've been up against it. And then obviously, if you look at the the league game against Dublin, um, you know. They got beaten by seven points in the end, but they will be very, I'm sure Mickey and Gavin and the players would be very unhappy with that performance. You know, the first half was actually quite good. The defensive setup was as good as nearly you would see. Um, Dublin really struggled to break it down. Now they missed a couple of chances, hit the post, one cleared off the line. Um, Dublin kind of got a bit of a run in the third quarter, and um, that's probably that period where Loud will hopefully learn from. Um defensively, it'll be interesting to see how they set up because they were very, very defensive against Dublin that day in Crow Park. They were a little bit looser probably against Offaly and Westmead, so it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they'll be or how defensive they will be um, against Dublin on Sunday. But I think... um, the the character that they've shown um will give you a good bit of hope um the fact that they've played Dublin and played them in Crow Park and, and and we're there thereabouts, particularly for the first half of the game will give them um something to 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 work off um I'm looking forward to the midfield battle um you know obviously McCarthy and Fenton you know not just two of the best players in the country but you know two of the best players of of all time <laughs> to be fair um so it's a huge task for the for the for the two loud lads Conor Early and Tommy Dornan but both of those lads have progressed something serious um over the last, you know, two, three, five years. Um, particularly Connor Early kinda, you know, coming fairly fresh into the panel. Tommy's been around a while, but the two of them are really developing into quality county midfielders, you know, they're they're big men, they can score um, nearly every game they're getting on the score sheet, they can move. Um I think that'll be a big I think that'll be a big area that I'd be I'd be I'll be watching and hopefully we can, you know, break even or come out and top there. Um Look, at the end of the day, we're we're playing an excellent team. If you look at the individual players at Dublin have, you know, they're top quality players. And if if they click on the day, you know, you could be under, under a bit of pressure or a bit of bother. But um I don't think this loud team will fare them. I don't think Mickey and Gavin will allow um allow Loud to be to be afraid of Dublin. I think they're genuinely, genuinely gonna go up and give this a crack and and fancy their chances at not at, at taking a cut of Dublin. Um whether that's enough, I don't know. But um Look, when you're there, you have a chance. That's that's the starting point. Yeah. At least you're there. And um, look, they'll genuinely give it a give it a good crack. Uh Peter, Dublin have an incentive here
2: to win this for the thirteenth year in a row because if they win, they have Sligo, Roscommon and Kildare in the round robin. If they lose, it's Kerry, Mayo, and Cork. Yeah, look, you
0: know, looking at the groups and um, uh, the way the way they panned out, uh, like there's certainly no benefit in losing tomorrow. Uh, and Dublin will be well aware of that um, albeit that look should Dublin win and then you're looking at their three games in the group and you're saying right it's it's still games that look are all very winnable Roscommon, there and Sligo uh, and and that's the avenue that Dublin want to go that, that they would be able to come in then to a quarter final fresh with three more games under their belt having discovered a bit more about the depth of the panel but look there's a job of work to be done tomorrow uh, I, I think having got the fright against Kildare, their set up similar to the way Lowe set up in terms of, the, you know, they, they put up a big blank in the first half. And Dublin genuinely did struggle. Uh, I, I think they were probably caught a little bit unawares uh, not having seen Kildare set up quite like that before. Uh, Glenn Ryan had sort of kept that under wraps. Uh, and, and they frustrated Dublin for a long period in that game. And uh, I think now that, look, Dublin have been road tested. Uh, They know that Loud will set up like that tomorrow. Uh, And I I think you'll see a better performance uh, from Dublin. Um, And um, I I would expect them to, you know, while it might be pretty in the eye for a long time, and I expect Loud to give this an almighty uh, lash, Uh, I, I, I still can't but see Dublin finding a way and coming through it.
2: Uh, Emma McGee, so Derry Armagh, they both like the sweeper keepers, Oren Lynch and Ethan Rafferty. Was that something you enjoyed as a defender, having to have that in your, in your kind of wheelhouse around you?
3: I, I would, I would have loved the sweeper keep, keeper. Um, he probably were going to head to the pecking order in terms of giving him the ball. I was one of the boys where you were told, don't give the ball to, her once I get it, lay it off. Um, but the the sweeper keeper came in after around the time that I was finishing. Um, it was it was actually Kieran McGinney that uh, tried the sweeper keeper first with I'm nearly sure Blaine Hughes, uh, Aidan O'Rourke and Kieran McGinney tried it out on their mat. Didn't work as well. And it's it's a fantastic option. It doesn't mean that every keeper in the GA in Ireland can try now. It's just that yeah you, you need a certain skill set. You need to be good in the ball. And you need to be dynamic. Um, and and I think what a lot of teams. Definitely, last year in terms of the club and inter county, they would have they would have just done the sweeper keepers the same thing in GA. Whatever's the whatever's in vogue, we'll try it out. We'll not look at what does it suit us. And we've seen a lot of sweeper keepers and there, a lot of embarrassing moments for them. Um, and, and and keepers now they they, they know now who's a sweeper keeper and who's just a who's just a keeper. But in, in fairness to keepers, they're, they're the one position in GA that are constantly innovating and pushing themselves and evolving. And, you know, the, the rest, even as coaches, as players out the field, it's it's an area that we, we should be doing the same. We should be looking looking at ourselves and, and, and pu- pushing on now. But, you, you know, Lynch or Lynch, he is coming into it in terms of that superkeeper, but Rafferty is just way, way out ahead of him in, in terms of what he or Lynch isn't pivotal to, to Derry but Rafferty is, is a big cog in that in that machine in terms of the way he can break lanes and he can sit out and he can he can pick pick a pass now.
2: At Kildare, nine points, Lago for a half-time in the air grid, All-Ireland under-20 football championship final at Breffney Park. Leeds, Newcastle's hotting up. Newcastle went ahead 2-1, a second penalty from Callum Wilson, but Leeds have just equalised to Erasmus uh, Christensen. So, 81 minutes on the watch. Leeds 2, Newcastle 2. Eamon McGee, how do you weigh up then, Derry Armas? So, Derry... Have been better in terms of scoring two nineteen. They got an average of against Firman and Monaghan. Armour were maybe defensive in the league, but have got that attacking verve back. Perhaps how do you kind of see this tomorrow unfolding?
3: It's it's, it's a tough one. You know, I, I would I would do probably I wouldn't be a better man, but I'd always do a J bet and with, with one of the one of the Gidor lads and, and we took he gave me any other team but Derry. Because I I just there was a lot of talk about Derry and I just didn't see them progressing the way everybody was talking about it. So, you know, I'm I'm am I confident in terms of will our ma beat Derry? No, because our, our ma have haven't pushed on the way I would expect them. They got relegated from the, the division one. It was kind of, in terms of their development, it wouldn't it definitely wouldn't have helped them and. At times against Down, I know they comprehensively beat down, but at times against Down, they in that first eight, 15 minutes, you're just looking at them, they were very ordinary. They looked fairly clueless in terms of what they were they were trying to get that long ball in and they looked clueless in terms of how how they how they went about it. So um probably Derry your favourite. You know, Derry don't have the manager. He he's pivotal, pivotal to what Derry have been about. He's kind of like that Jose Mourinho thing. So the fact that he's not there is definitely going to affect him. And it's it's a really interesting game. It's a really, really interesting game. And as I said at the, at the start of the show, it's, it's just something to really look forward to. You know
2: the geezer, Pillar Carfree, He was at your club, uh, Nafina, back in the day.
0: Yeah, geezer, 10 years with Nafina. Um, you know, a huge, huge part of our success story. Um, a, a, a great guy, um, known know very well, and uh, would have massive time for him. And look, he's under a bit of pressure. Um, you know, this is a ninth season with yeah. Armagh. You know, the first time to get them to... to uh, he, he's had a terrible record in the Ulster Championship. So uh, I, I think he himself will know that, look, this is a massive opportunity uh, for Armagh uh, in terms of actually getting... Uh, an ulster title uh, hard to believe that it is 15 years since they won one uh, you know Clonus is a great venue and, and our, our supporters are, are probably the most colourful of, 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 the, of the northern in terms of when they bring their crowd and uh, I, I think it'll be a massive occasion there tomorrow and um, very very hard game to call you know Derry probably have more big game pedigree uh, more recently uh, Albeit that Arma like last year were more impressive. Uh, this year they've been up and down in the league. Uh, look, the need I think is is more on Armagh's side, and I, I just I would have a sneaky suspicion that that, that Geezer will get a performance out of these guys tomorrow. He seems to have all his big guns uh, primed. Reno you know, Nails back, Jarlath Bourne's back in the start, and Jarlogue, uh, in the starting lineup. So he, he seems to have his best team available to him. At the right time. And, uh, you know, I, I just think there could be a big performance in these guys. But look, Casement Park is the other issue that's coming down the track in 2025 in terms of going to be a live venue and an issue. And there, there'll be huge pressure for Ulster Finals to, to, to be, go over to there. And, uh, you know, as Eamon says, Clone is a great venue. And uh, there's a feel about it that's quite different to, to you know, with Crow Park, for example, it's much more personal. Um, And I think, look, it'll be one of the great occasions because the provincial finals, in fairness, this year, like I think 11,000 people at that Munster final or 12,000 people at the Connacht final. Very, very poor crowds for provincial finals. Uh, You know, what's going to be in Crow Park tomorrow, I think, an early kickoff. You know, I I think there's a little bit of apathy in terms of the Dublin fan base. Uh, The premiership is still on with this condensed season. I'm not sure uh, how vested... The Dublin crowd are uh, at the moment in it and uh, knowing that look, there's three group games coming and then another, most likely, another quarter final. And uh, you know, so d- 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 all eyes will be on Clonus because that is the saviour of the provincials this year. Uh, barred that loud come with a big performance and, and shot Dublin, but uh, you know, the, the, all eyes will be on uh Clonus tomorrow and, and the occasion that it will be. and 30 odd housing
2: up there and colour and spectacle, and hopefully a, a really good game to go with. How do you uh, see it then, Paddy uh, Armaha, your neighbours up against Derry tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I'd agree with with, with, with Pillar there that it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere, I think, up there. Um, Take it seem like gold dust. Obviously, we're, we're right in the border here, and um, you'd have a lot of farm and loud flags um, coming out of, of, of many houses. Um, but uh, yeah, the tickets seem to be like gold dust, and I think the atmosphere, the build-up, Armal fans have been obviously fantastic over the last couple of years, and have always been um, going back obviously to the, the early two thousands. Um, so it'll be great, a great, um, a great occasion. I I don't know. I have a sneaky suspicion that Arma will do it. Um, I think the I think the support to have will just give them that bit of a lift. Um, obviously, there's going on in, in, in Derry there. For the players themselves, that's a tough position for them to, to be in. There's a big distraction there and how will they be able to cope with that coming into it? But they're probably further down the line than Armagh in that they're probably more settled. They've had a big um, a big year last year and plenty of experience and they would have got a lot of learning from that. On paper, you're probably saying Derry should win, but I don't know why I'm saying Armagh. Um, I just think they've... They're one of these sort of wild card teams, in the show that last year the championship. That anything can happen on on any given day with Armagh. If you look even at that Galway game last year, um, you know it could be a bizarre game. It could be, you know, a lot more open than maybe people think. And I think that's—I don't know—I think maybe the Armagh support can maybe just get them across the line.
2: Okay, five three one zero six. We're getting text in on GA Go, which has been the hot potato this week. Um, hi John, no issue with Jago as a concept and revenue generator. GA's got bills to pay, but the fact that it's a service-reliant on broadband and the poor speeds in large parts of the country means even if you go and buy Jago, it can be a frustrating experience. That's my issue, says Tom in Dublin. Lads, no issue with matches going behind a paywall as that's the way these things are going. But opting for a streaming service when large parts of the country have inadequate broadband and games just buffer is not the answer. The Zone launched a channel on Sky where you link your account on the app by inputting your viewing card number, which gives you access to the channel, which factors in people with poor Wi-Fi. No reason why the GA Go couldn't do the same, says Mick in Cork. I think it's overblown," says Will from Dunleary. "It's a pity it's not promoted as much as Sky Sports did." Pillar Caffrey, you're in Spain all the time getting your tan sorted. Do you have Diego? You must be uh, well uh, used to Diego in Spain.
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a sub- subscriber and great believer in it. In that, you know, uh, the Talton Cup, for, for example, today, like uh, you'll be able to tune in and watch Kevin and uh, uh, and leash play uh, later on this evening. Uh, you know, you you have your your choices. Uh, more games. Uh, it was originally the idea was for people abroad that, that they could tune in and get their games or whatever. Uh, I, look, it's been a bit of this silly season, I think, in relation to the, the way it panned out. With you know, t- two of the best games probably of the year in hurling uh, being on the Ga Go app and the hurlers tr- 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 throwing the the, the the toys out out, out of the pram uh, and having the right go uh, at the concept of it but look next weekend you know football people will be up in arms because the two big games next weekend are on ga go and uh, that's uh, kerry and mayo and galway and tyrone but um you, you, it is the way forward um I, I think maybe the selection of the games uh, was a bit of an issue this year that like for two cracking hurling games to be on GA Go was a bit unlucky for the GA in ways because one of them was meant to be on uh, RT on the Sunday and, and because of uh, uh, events in uh, Limerick, it was moved to the Saturday and then it went on to GA Go. But um, Look, whether we like it or not, you know those of us that love sport, uh, whatever sport it is, whether you know a lot of these sports channels are subscribed channels and if you want to see the best stuff, you have to pay a little bit extra for it. Uh, I I think the big problem the GA had is, look, it's early days for it. It's it's a five-year deal. They say they're going to review uh, at the end of this season uh, what games. But look, in in another three weeks' time, every game is going to be free to air. Once we we get through the the group stages, all the hurling games in a couple of weeks' time will be free to air as well. So uh, this whole outcry would have died down. But the the big problem is the access, that people need to be able to access it. And, and, you know, for the older generation – they've been marginalised in a way in terms of the way the tickets uh, have gone, that, you know, you have to be computer-friendly now to be able to get tickets or go to Super Value and get tickets that this local thing of going into your club and getting them or going into the county board office and getting them. That's all been done away with. And It's just a sign of the times that um, people feel a little marginalised. Uh, but look, I'm a believer in more games, being, you know, having choice and, and being able to pick and choose what games you want to watch yourself.
2: Pillar Caffrey's appeal for calm here on off the ball Saturday. Uh, Greg Caffrey on YouTube. GA uh, you need revenue? Question mark. That's ridiculous. They should be supporting counties that can't afford expenses, or force them to pay equal expenses for equal effort. Cost the same regardless of gender, level, etc. Eamon McGee, you didn't get paid for being a J player. What you believe in? Uh, what you believe in this?
3: No, and I wouldn't want to, uh, to go down that route at all. I'm happy enough that and proud that we didn't get paid. Uh, what's what the GA go do? It's it's something that I didn't really get because there's only so much controversies you can you can pick on <laughs> and I just didn't really bother getting getting into it now. But and and in, in terms of the thing when when you when you started the show you listed off the Talbot Cup fixtures and there's a there's a stream of fixtures there. There's also the provincial champions. There's also Harlan, and it's the issue you hear that, that season RT can only show so many, so it's. Well, the secondary thing is, do, do we go to like obviously there there was a ver- version, um the the, the TV station re- raised an issue during the week and possibly there's something there, but I, I have no issue if if there's going to be a few games and you have to pay a few pounds on 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 GA Go, it's the the choice is there you know teams and supporters are going to lose out because of the condensed season that's that would stated that the split season which I'm a big advocate of. I think the split season was had to come in. And that's because it's so condensed, that, you know, we're we're going to miss out on some games. And you know, be it the, the print media, be it the TV coverage, be it radio, it's so hard for, for you guys to try and get all these games in and, 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 and cover these games and we're, we're going to miss out and people are not going to be able to see every every game they want. And by giving them that extra option... What the GAA goal, and I, I don't see an, any wild issue was it.
2: Yeah, uh, we're just going to finish up here. Just uh, just a bit of hassle at the Leeds game as supporters being escorted off the pitch to all between Leeds and Newcastle here in the Premier League into stoppage time um, I think there's a few things about the G.A. Go uh, like I think the condensed season is a huge part of it 99 games in football this season more games than ever before you had 34 games in the Hurling Championship last year you've got a championship which runs between April and July Ortega can only show as many games Um but then again, there's the whole question, and it's probably for another day about well, like what is GA supposed to be in terms of, um, are, you know, you, you need to try and make the biggest games uh, available to uh, the most wide audience as possible. And I think that preliminary competitions, maybe the whole concept of the leagues when games don't matter as much as the championship needs to be re- reviewed, and maybe the whole structure of the intercounty season needs to be reviewed. Patty Keenan, maybe just a last uh, word from you on GA go, what you've you've made of the whole week.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with what the two lads have really said there. You know, there's more choice now, and you know you can't have one TV station basically taking up the full day on Saturday and all day on a Sunday just showing every single game that that's shown. It's it's not feasible or not possible. Um, fans are being given the the opportunity to to, to watch games, and um, there is more games games available. And you know, it's it's probably the people that it's affecting is probably the elderly community where whether it's Wi-Fi or getting access to laptops, iPads, computers, smart TVs or whatever it is. And, you know, some people I'm sure will have would have difficulty in, in maybe logging in or buying a subscription and that sort of thing. But at least the option is there. Um, you know, if you look back 20, 30 years ago, you might have one game on a Sunday and maybe the Sunday game. And that was that was it. You know, there, there is a huge amount of TV being shown now and think that's just the way that's just the way technology is going um, and that's the way uh, viewing is going you know you, you've seen a COVID there has probably brought that on a lot as well a lot of counties st- st- uh, streaming club matches and, and things like that which is brilliant because it gives more more games um, to more people and more access um, it's not perfect but it's only the the, the start um, and and Look, People are used to Netflix, all that sort of subscription TV services. That's just the nature of, of, of how people are going to start watching TV in the future.
2: Yeah, I think there's a few things here. I think uh, on the Virgin thing, uh, or Jay said the Virgin were invited to bid for rights. Um, I think that what people are angry about is that the championship still is the show. And like if you're having most of the hurling games and Munster behind a paywall where the jeopardy is in the championship at the moment, that's causing anger. And also it, there's a bit of friction between what the GA is supposed to be as a voluntary amateur organisation uh, that needs to generate revenue, but also then having this you know, new concept of, of, of matches behind a paywall. So there's a little bit of a rub at the moment, a bit of friction between the three things. We're not going to solve it all today. Uh, Paddy Keenan and Peter Caffrey, enjoy tomorrow. Best of luck with it.
1: Appreciate it, lads. Looking forward to it.
3: And
2: and, uh, Eamon, enjoy being the neutral tomorrow. No white boots now.
3: No, the white boots will never be seen again, thank God. All right, lads, thanks so much. Cheers, cheers. Cheers.
2: That's uh, Eamon McGee, Paddy Keenan and Peter Caffrey on Off The Ball. Gaelic
1: Football, on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.